Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie. How are you this morning? Oi, I'm thankful for so many things. I was You've got a list today. Oh, well, I always have a list. Okay. There's heaps of things. Now, so, well, one is I just got somewhere casual tea training at a school, which oh. is far better than uni. Any day of the week, I'd rather be with flesh and blood little humans than being in a classroom. Just Right. Yes. Just being at uni. <laughs> so that's nice. So I'll do that after radio today. Also, I was doing some letterboxing, letter, letterboxing slash door knocking yesterday. I was just feeling really thankful for, like, all the people that I've enjoyed because I've done Bible working probably two years, not not consecutively. And it was just, like, reminiscing and having a think, and it's just – I think when you do it, it makes you less scared to knock on strangers' doors. I mean, it's still a little bit there, but it was just like oh. – It's only there for the first couple of doors, maybe the first door. Yeah, and then you get it going and you're like, oh, this is kind of nice. I get to be in the sunshine and fresh air and talk to people and it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. No, door knocking things. is amazing. You know, people are scared of door knocking because they're scared of people being, you know, upset or bothered or, you know, aggravated by you being at their door. But you actually very rarely get that. Yeah, yeah. It can happen, but it's not the majority. No, it's very, very rare. And so uh, my advice would be, yeah, get up there, have a go. Share Jesus with your community. People aren't up, upset by it. And Just be is, nice and friendly. Even if people aren't interested, if it's like your neighbours or something, at least you know your neighbours. That's you know, right. You're still creating relationships. But I find that even people who are just completely not interested, they're also not upset or bothered or, you know, nasty about it. It's just mm. very rare to find someone who, yeah. you know. I mean, I've done door knocking for years. I could probably count on my fingers the number of people who have got aggro. Oh, yeah, I very, I do love the old um, when they're not interested and they slowly start to close the door on you, but they're really lovely. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> I get the hint. <laughs> That's the one. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, what have we got for positively different news this morning? Let's uh, have a positive morning. Look, I reckon we could. Mm. So wombats have been hailed as heroes for digging down under, wombats revealing water heroes. wells oh, during okay. the drought. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love wombats. They're amazing. Oh, I don't – yeah, I don't know much about them, but I think they're cool. Uh, so in New South Wales, local wombats are helping dozens of other species find water um, because of the drought, you know, just <laughs> – Surely has it quite all the seasons and climate. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, so these cuddly looking animals invaded 10 Finney's beef farm and began tunneling underground to a hidden water source, says uh, the local news. And according to ABC Australia, the farm has, sits about 30 kilometres down from the Hunter Valley, so quite close to where we are in our uh-huh, um, radio uh-huh. this morning. And it's only seen a little bit of rain over the past three years. After such a long period, the wombat's relentless tunneling has created a crater that is 20 metres in diameter and four metres deep, which is pretty significant. That's significant. <laughs> yeah. And as the crater has dried out due, due to the drought, the wombats have burrowed to get closer to the water, so they've gone underground a bit. Uh, now, some of the things that you're seeing is more kangaroos, wallabies and wallaroos, so... If you're a farmer, it's not your favourite thing to have around. Sure. Um, but after Hunter Region Land Care Network set up a camera trap at the what they're calling the Wombat Soak, uh, Finney found that it was also attracting other animals, including birds, goannas, possums, echidnas, and emus. 
Interesting that, interestingly, there has never been a recorded instance of wombats digging for water, uh, says biologist Julie Old, who's started studying the site. Yeah, I've never heard of this before. Nah. Uh, normally they dig their burrows in the side of creeks or small ditches under trees where the roots will add to the stability of the burrow. Uh, the wom- wombat soak has none of these properties. Uh, we often, often. So this is the only wombat soak that we know that of. That they know of, yes. Doesn't mean that others aren't doing it, but it's clearly possible if this is happening. It's kind of interesting, amazing. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we often call wombats ecological engineers because they're digging burrows and they make habitats for other animals, says um, Julie old um but some animals have even been sharing burrows not fully amicably with the normally solitary wombat and we heard some of these stories when the fires were happening as well yes um yeah where the wombats all kinds of, of all allowing- kinds of animals all kinds of animals go down wombat burrows in fires yes but yeah so it's just been kind of interesting for them to see. and i think it's cool that they found this and they've been able to look at it and see you know what happens and it yeah doesn't happen a lot or we, at least we don't know of it so i just thought that was kind of cool story it's sort of local to where we are currently um i have another story again to do with animals uh, and so this is a simple change that has cut accidental albatross and seabird deaths by 98%, they think. That's so amazing. It's a pretty big number. <laughs> so an international task force of conservationists have basically provided a simple method uh, of saving these seabirds by accidental death. A recent study published in the Namibian fishery industry um, determined there was this 98% reduction after laws were passed requiring that fishermen attach coloured streamers to the back of their boats. This deterred the birds from pilfering long, uh, yeah, long-line fishing nets. Oh, so you have a massive net yeah, behind yeah, you, yeah, so yeah, of yeah, course yeah, the birds yeah. are like, sweet, all these fish, fantastic. And then they get caught. And then they get caught and then they die. Um and so, yeah, just simply by attaching these coloured things. I don't know why specifically that would deter birds, but I guess that they just see that it's something there to do with the fish. Maybe they get scared off. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but it works. Well, that's right. It does the job. And that's cool. Yeah. And so the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, which is RSPB, and BirdLife International's Albatross Task Force, ATF, came together to prevent endangered species like the albatross from going extinct due to bycatch, a fishing term that describes animals caught but not targeted. I didn't actually know they were endangered, to be honest. It makes sense. There are so many endangered species in our world right now. That's right. So many. Yeah. And our, you know, it just goes to show that our world must have been in the past the most amazing place with the most incredible variety that we just don't get to see today. Yep. And I was reading this morning um, in Psalms, just reflecting on the fact that um, God has given us dominion over his word. And I was just, I've just been thinking about that. I'm like, this is the creator of the universe who was like, yeah, I'll trust you with this. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, here's, a whole, I- <laughs> here's a whole global ecology. Let me trust you with this. Yeah. <sighs> like, that hasn't gone so well, has it? No, as humans, if I, like, even if I bought a new car, generally speaking, I'm not going to hand it to a child and be like, look after it. You know, because you're like, you won't. (laughs) 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 But I kind of feel like that's what God did. He's like, amazing world. And then as humans, we're just like, yeah, destroy it. Not intentionally. It's just like the way a kid is just like, oh, I'll just have some fun with this. Anyway, it's just I've just been reflecting on that. I was like, man, God, you have far more faith in me than I do. Love the way your mind works. Uh, but, yeah, so albatrosses are amazing birds. They're capable of traveling thousands of miles across um, oceans without stopping, um, all while living into their 60s. I just think that's cool. 
Um, I didn't know birds could last that long. Yeah, that's a decent lifespan, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty solid. <laughs> um, some species mate for life, returning to the same often uninhabited islands uh, dozens of times to raise young. While many people imagine eagle, eagles and condors as the largest birds on earth, um, with the largest bird, uh, sorry, the la- the title of the largest bird and the longest wingspan belongs to the albatross. Anyway, I just find that interesting in case you guys wanted to know some fun facts for your morning. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. That's amazing. I um, I love birds. I love albatrosses. I went to a whole uh, albatross breeding ground when we were in New Zealand. We went there some uh, years ago and you could sort of um, see them. You could go up and you could observe them. They were sitting that's on their cool. nests and they had uh, their baby albatrosses and they would come in there once a year. And from memory, I think they would, when they left there, they'd just take off flying mm. and then just fly for the rest of the year. Amazing. Until they came back and landed and bred. And what a life. Just have your home base, but then adventure the rest of the year. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah I These can birds see, know what's up. I can, I can see, I can see <laughs> Minnie uh, going for this one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in another story, Australia apparently has experienced one of the biggest crime drops um, from any country over the last, like, significant amount of time. So in the early 2000s, obviously, um, there was crime that was pretty high. But since 2001, break-ins have fallen by 68%, mobile th- vehicle theft by 70%, robber- robbery by 71%, attempted murder by 70%, and murder rates by 50%. So That's, that's really sensational. Yeah. So Congratulations is- to our police force. That is an amazing. You know, these guys are underfunded, overworked, dealing with PTSD, mm. and they're still able to accomplish that. Um, I just want to give a massive shout-out to our police force here in Australia this morning. And I think this is really important because absolutely we know the world is crazy and I don't think it will improve. We know that from the Bible, right? Like the end times are not going to be a great time for society. Still, this is a thing to celebrate. It is. It absolutely is. um, The world, I mean, yeah, the news can be so full of just negative and just this bad thing and this bad thing. It's fantastic to hear some positive news like that. Right? And that's significant numbers, really. They're very significant like, numbers. You know, that's not like a 16%, 25 which is would still be nice, yeah. like any, yeah, yeah, any yeah, yeah, increase. Yeah. They also think that I think you did a story quite a while ago um, about how people are drinking less alcohol, like the younger generation is yes. drinking less, and they also think that is a contributing factor. Of course it's a contributing factor. Yeah, it's but it's interesting that – obvious. I love it when people state the obvious. Yeah, but, you know, when you start oh, we to think, report we, that. We think that the <laughs> obvious might think- be the obvious. <laughs> Yeah, funny that. <laughs> anyway, so this is good good news to hear. Anyway, so it's always nice for my morning. Fantastic. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so this morning we're going to... Oh, and the prize? Is our stories God stories. It's about stories from the outback doing missionary kind of stuff in Australia. Great stories. Go. Fantastic stories. All right, so the Productivity Commission has uh, released a draft report on climate change. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal with climate change. There are people who say that climate change is not a thing. There are people who say that climate change is a thing. There are people who say it's a conspiracy theory. There are people who say it's a conspiracy theory to say that it's a conspiracy theory. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Here's the way I look at it. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. But I am a Bible student, and as a Bible student, the Bible predicts climate change the nearer we get to the return of Jesus Christ. So my expectation is to see climate change. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. Now, whether it's whether it's man-made or naturally occurring, that doesn't matter. Something will happen. My expectation is to see it happening, and so when people say it's happening, I don't have a huge argument with that. 
Anyway, so they've uh, released a report on climate change and they've said that our weather is going to become more extreme and so that our droughts are going to be more extreme droughts and our floods are going to be more extreme floods. Mm. So our drier years are going to be drier and our wetter years are going to be wetter and Australia being Australia, we're going to lean more towards drier years than we are going to lean towards wetter years. We're not about to turn into a rainforest-covered country. They have also noted that by the year 2050, which is not that far away, uh, our population is going to increase by 11 million people, which is going to far outstrip the available water supplies Mm. that we have even in our wet years. That's a lot of people. Well, for a continent the size of Australia, yes, it's not much. Yeah, but we don't live in the oh, middle. We don't have. That's right. And the reason we don't live in the middle is because of water. That's right. The reason we have a small population for a large continent mm. is purely driven by water. Mm. Yeah. That's it. That is the one reason why we don't have, you know, a 300 million population like they have in the United States or something like that. They have lots of water over there. We don't have any water here, so we don't have that kind of population. Yeah. Um, in some places, demand is going to outstrip supply by the year 2028. So this is interesting. This is one of those things that is, um, you know, it's just a sign of the times. Mm, yeah, uh, the Bible says that our world will grow old like a garment. It's going to wear out and become moth-eaten and have holes in it and start to fall apart, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Um, my, my 10 cents worth, my opinion, Desal is not the solution because desal takes massive amounts of coal to run it, desalination, so forget that. Uh, the solution to dams and floods is, sorry, uh, floods and droughts is dams mm. because they mitigate the floods when the floods come and then they store the water for when the droughts come. They are politically incorrect because people don't like to see ground flooded, but I think they are a fantastic idea and they are they just make beautiful lakes. They do, they do. It's nice actually driving inland of Australia and seeing like all the dams yes. like in the paddocks. Anyway, I did promise, promise a COVID update. I'm going to start with this, uh, with this story for our COVID update. And this is about Lucille Randon. Guess what year she was born? I don't even She's know old, so go is. back, go back, go back. <laughs> like early 1900s? I don't know. Early 1900s, Who is this yeah, person? Yeah. She's, uh, she's Lucille Randon. I don't even know who that she, is. She's a random person. <laughs> okay. I don't know, 100? She was born in 1903. Nice. Wow. She she is passionate. And she just recently caught COVID and survived it. Legends. And this week she turns 117. Ew. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Wow. That's quite the lifespan. What country is she living in? Uh, I didn't look that one up. She's She's a Roman Catholic nun. Okay. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a cool story. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that one. Uh, but this is not a bad effort for a 116-year-old to catch COVID and get over it. Um, I'll give her credit for that. Oh, yeah. But while we're talking about COVID, so here's the, uh, here's the latest. Um, South Australia, South, not Australia, South Africa. Bit of a difference, yeah. <laughs> has just scrapped the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. They're not going to use it. They've dumped it. Uh, because they have a new strain down there and this particular vaccine doesn't really seem to work for their new strain. So they're going to trial the Johnson & Johnson vaccine instead. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Two new variants have been discovered in the UK. So now there are, what, three UK variants, one South African variant, one Brazilian variant. 
mm. that are, and it's kind of like how quickly are these variants multiplying and we've put a lot of effort into creating vaccines over the last 12 months and are they now suddenly going to become voided by all of these new variants? We don't know. Could this be similar to the flu vaccine where, yeah, you it kind of only hits a few different strains because then if you have a vaccine but you keep having different COVID things. Time will tell. Yes, true. This is Time true. will tell. Uh, so um, and this is the same time. So the, the day that South Africa dumped the uh, Ox- Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, the WHO backed it. So interesting. Interesting. Um, and said, yes, this is a great vaccine. It is 63% effective. And so they're hoping to vaccinate 75% of the world with a 63% effective vaccine in six years and hopefully that will slow things down. So you start to do those figures and it's like this virus is here to stay. Mm. Now this raises another interesting question because once again when it comes to COVID, there are conspiracies that COVID is a conspiracy. There are conspiracies that those who say that COVID is a conspiracy are conspiracy. There is conspiracies about everything. And once again, I'm not a health expert. I don't know. But what I do read in my Bible is that at the end of time, diseases are going to be having a major impact on our world. That's what the Bible says. Pestilence mm. will be a major sign that Jesus is coming back soon. And I ask the question, is this disease having a major impact on our world right now? Oh, yes. Clearly it is. Mm. It is a sign that Jesus is coming back soon. Uh, let me see here. Oh, and France, France has come out and I think they've they've said that the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine is useless for people over the age of 65. Mm. So the WHO, to me, hey, I've said it before, these guys are sus. Yeah. That's my personal conspiracy theory <laughs> is that they have, I think, lost a lot of credibility during this pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they have been very political and partisan in the way they have acted. And, um, yeah, anyway, this is all while Russia claims that their vaccine that they've been using for the last, like, four or five months, whatever, uh, they were the first country to start rolling out a vaccine. It was their own vaccine. They made it themselves, and they're claiming it is 95% effective. If that's true, that is a bit of a difference. Yes. Like this. But once again, yeah. if it's true. Yes. Uh, so the WHO has also approved the uh, Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine. The Pfizer one uh, is the one that we're getting here in Australia. Okay, so leading disease expert, leading infectious disease expert, San, Sanjaya, with a long last name, mm-hmm. uh, here in Australia, has uh, come out and said that we the world won't even be COVID-free for the ne- at least the next six years. It's here to stay for the next six years. This is basically the new normal, so just relax, get used to it. This is how things are going to be. And that is on current projections of the ability to be able to vaccinate the world against the disease that already exists. That does not take into account mutations. That's right, yeah. And we've already seen like in recent. That's like, right. You know, how many? Oh, yeah. So has the new normal changed? Now, what he also points out, that due to the globalisation of our world and the increase in population, new viruses are exploding at a tremendous rate. And in the last 40 years, we have seen, 
In, sorry, in the last 50 years, we have seen 40 new infectious diseases that have appeared. COVID's just one of the nastier ones. Mm. And so he's saying, look, we're not 100 years, you know, like it was from Spanish flu to COVID. We're not 100 years to the next pandemic. We're maybe a year or two. Oh, fantastic. To the next pandemic, whatever that might be. Mm. So this is interesting to see the state in which the Bible says just before Jesus comes back, pestilences are going to be a major sign of the return of Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, well, joining us on the phone this morning for our morning interview is David Knight from Adventist Aged Care. Uh, he's the C- CEO of Adventist Aged Care. David Knight, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Lovely to be here. Now, David, I think we've spoken before, but I think it was a very long time ago, and we would love to hear about Adventist Aged Care and everything that you have to offer. Um, we also understand that you're doing a bit of a recruitment drive at the moment, so we'd love to hear about that. But maybe you can give us a, a, a bit of a rundown of what Adventist Aged Care is all about as we get started. Yeah, look, happy to. Um, so for us as an organisation, we started way back in 1960 um, and uh, the village started with 16 beds and eight uh, little one-bedroom units on the side of the old Avondale uh, Health Retreat, I think it was called. So um, this one, this is in Kurumbong, New South Wales? That's correct, yes. Yeah, fantastic. And, um, and from there, we've sort of grown over the years. Uh, we're currently... Um, uh, sitting at about 560 um, in, um, independent living units, 215 residential aged care beds, and we have a nice little home care service as well. So um, uh, we operate mainly Lake Macquarie and North Coast, Orsonville, um, Ballina, Lismore, sort of around those areas. And, um, yeah, so we've been around for a little while now. That's fantastic. Now, you say there's 560-odd uh, uh, units there. How many mm-hmm. people does that actually... You know, at any given time, do you actually have mm. living in Adventist aged care? Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, we have five uh, retirement villages and uh, three residential aged care services, and we look after at any given time. We look after about a thousand people. So uh, yeah, that's pretty significant. Now, do you have to be a you know? Obviously, we're a Seventh Day Adventist radio station here, mm-hmm. but uh, for somebody who's listening in, do you have to be a Seventh Day Adventist to uh, to live in one of these villages or to work in one of these villages? Not at all. No, we um, uh, we're open to uh, to all all people. Uh, we do tend to attract people that have a faith background, uh, but not everyone. And uh, and so we are we are open and welcome to uh, to all people. That's amazing. Now, if uh, so, we're we're talking, I guess here, um, two levels from what I'm um, taking mm-hmm. from what you're saying, which is the retirement villages and the residential care. Um, is that accurate to say that there's two levels of care there, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, this look, this it's probably uh, there's probably a little bit more to, to it than that, but certainly, um, uh, you know, care for us starts in people's homes when uh, when they move in with us, or they can you know they can stay living in their home in the community, um, and uh, as their uh, as their care needs change, uh, we're able to provide uh, more care into their homes, and then if uh, if the need is there, uh, and um, uh, and they're approved by the government for uh, for residential care. Um, we have an offering in that residential care uh, space as well. So it's a 
it's a, it's a complete, um, what would you say, a continuum of care, right from not needing much or just having someone mow your lawns while you're off gallivanting around the countryside, um, right to, um, uh, to the other end of the care spectrum, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. And um, my grandparents on my father's side, I guess, probably experienced the full range of that moving into the retirement village and and then finally into uh, residential care and, and certainly received yep. some amazing care there. Tell me, what, sets, what, what are some of the things that would set um, Adventist aged care apart? So if you are, you know, uh, looking at retirement and thinking, you know, I've, I've been living on a large property, I'm going to downsize and move to a retirement village. Um, what are some of the things that's that's kind of sets it apart and makes it different points of difference to other retirement villages that might be out there? Yeah, sure. Look, for us, um, we provide a, a range of options um, from sort of, you know, very affordable. Well, they're all affordable, but very affordable to... Um, uh, a, a more premium product, I suppose, uh, and uh, and some of our villages have you know, indoor heated pools, others not so much. Uh, but what really sets us apart, I believe, is um, is our staff. Uh, we have great staff. Um, we, we're very intentional about the culture that we build within the organisation, and uh, and our staff do an amazing job. Uh, we have staff come in on their own time. Um, bringing flowers from their own gardens, um, staff coming in on their own time to uh, uh, to help dress people for uh, uh, for family events, for attending um, uh, church on Sabbath. Uh, we just have the best staff, and I think really that's what sets us apart. So we have a great there's a great sense of community in all our in all our villages, and uh, we work very hard to uh, to create that sense of community. And, and our staff are really key to uh, to making that happen. So, yeah, I think our staff really set us apart. And you know you've got a great culture when staff are willing to go above and beyond uh, in Absolutely. what they do on it. Yes. That's, 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 that's yeah. fantastic. Now, yeah. tell me, you know, as a, as a person is reaching retirement age, what are the advantages of, uh, you know, moving into a village as, as, as to say compared yeah. just staying in the community? Is it just mm. a matter of well, I'm going to have less grass to mow in a village? Is you know, what's, mm. what's what are the advantages yeah. of moving into a village? Yeah, look, I, I think I believe there are a number of advantages, uh, and I, and I would say at the outset, uh, village life, uh, village living is it's not for everyone. Um, but I know the, the the phrase that I hear the most when I talk to people is, "I wish I had done this years ago." Um, but initially, I think people that move in, it is a sense of um, someone mowing their lawn and looking after their, their house while they do a bit of grey nomading. Um, so that's not an unusual uh, approach. Um, we often have people moving in uh, because they, uh, they're they now by themselves and, uh, and so they want a sense of uh, security and a sense of community. And, uh, and all our villages provide a range of activities. We have hobby sheds, uh, we have bus outings, we have shopping trips, we have uh, chaplaincy services, we have social work services, uh, and, uh, and so we provide a range of, uh, a range of opportunities for people. Uh, my mother lives in the, in the village of Avondale and, um, and she, li- she likes it because she doesn't have to, uh, interact with tradesmen, lights out, she just rings reception, someone magically appears, puts and replaces a light. She's got a leaking tap, same thing, air conditioning doesn't work, same thing, everything is taken care of and you don't need to worry about a thing other than just enjoying your life. Yeah. 
Yeah, so my grandparents used to live in uh, one of the units there that was down by the creek and actually had a whole okay. bunch of uh, space behind it that um, mm-hmm. my grandfather turned into a vegetable garden. So okay. I guess yeah. there is, um, you know, within some of these places, there is an opportunity for having some some outside area as well. Would that be right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And we've got, um, so interestingly, uh, we have a lot, as you would expect, here at uh, Kurumbong, so one of our, probably our, well, it is our original village, uh, we have a lot of um, uh, lot of returned or retired missionaries who uh, spent a lot of time in the South Pacific, and and for them uh, being able to garden and put and and grow their own vegetables and 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 fruit uh, is is really important to them. And so we've got a dedicated uh, community garden which which produces some just amazing uh, vegetables, and and often we're the the staff here are the beneficiaries of that because surplus stuff gets. Uh, Gets placed in the staff room, so um, so we get a lot of. There's a lot of that sort of stuff, but there's also um, uh, there's also a uh, a garden club, I guess you would call it, and uh, and they they grow um, all manner of things in their in their greenhouse, which again is, is provided and maintained for them by uh, by the organisation. So yeah, there's lots of, and all our villages have um, just about all our villages have uh, vegetable gardens. It's a, it's a big thing for that generation. Yeah, absolutely. I think it should be a big thing for every generation. I enjoy growing vegetables myself and I'm yeah, thinking yeah. I'm a long way from uh, moving into an aged care facility and my co-host here, Minnie, she's still in her 20s and she loves that, doing, that growing <laughs> stuff as well, so that's Fantastic. all good. Hey, what about um, what about spiritual care? Do all of these villages, do they have churches, do they have chapels, do they have chaplains mm. uh, for mm. those that, that so- desire yeah, no, good question. So, um, so we have um, we have a range of um, uh, services available in terms of chaplaincy. So, we do have chaplains uh, at our uh, Avondale and Alstonville villages, and they uh, they provide a, a range of chaplaincy services, both into self care and into residential care. Uh, we also have um, the opportunity for those chaplains to uh, spend time at uh, at our other villages, and they do from from time to time do that. Uh, we have a number of um, uh, prayer meetings that happen across uh, across our villages, and a lot of those tend to um, to spring up quite organically because we are a we are a, a, an overtly Christian uh, provider of, of aged care, and so we do tend to attract. Um, people from a faith background who do tend to like um, spending time um, as a uh, as a congregation, whether it's in a prayer meeting or um, or some other form of uh, form of worship service. So, um, uh, but we also we are very unique in that we also provide uh, social work services, and um, and our social workers uh, spend a lot of time uh, just helping people to. Um, you know, to come to terms with uh, with where they are in life, and for some that can be a real challenge. And uh, you know, we, we we have the benefit, I guess, of of living in what I believe to be the best country on uh, on the planet. And despite its faults on occasions, mm, mm. Um, it really is a it really is a fantastic place. Yes. And we live we live here, and, and we we have this benefit because of the generation that we now care for. Um, and, uh, and so it's just a real, it's just a real privilege to um, to care for them. And, and a lot of people will look back on their lives and, and um, you know, has it has it made a difference? And, and it's great for us to be able to get alongside them and say, absolutely, it has. 
and uh, and how can we uh, how can we help and serve you now? So um, uh, yeah, so we, we're quite unique in that regard. Yes, yes, indeed. Now you've got a bit of a uh, a recruitment drive happening at the moment. Yeah. Um, so you're looking for some new staff. That's 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 got to be a good thing. Um, your your yeah, business is going. Yeah. So yeah, uh, tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Mm, so we're looking for. We've got a bit of a recruitment drive underway at the moment. We've um, we've spent a lot of time. Um, uh, you know, it's not. Uh, it, it wouldn't be foreign to any anyone out there that um, you know, COVID has. Uh, has caused a lot of organisations to rethink um, how they provide services, and so one of the things that we're uh, we're working towards is a is a far more teams based approach to uh, to how we provide care, and uh, and so we're looking for uh, we're looking for staff to uh, to come in and, and assist us in a in the implementation of our teams uh, based approach to to care. And so we've got a um, uh, we've got a recruitment drive underway at the moment, and really looking forward to uh, to seeing what uh, what happens as a result of that. So this will provide a, a lot of um, a consistency. It's a it's a there's a there's some great opportunities with a brand new roster, long term shift patterns, and uh, and we've got the support of a, a dedicated team leader. So um, yeah, so we're we're really quite excited about that um, that piece of work that's coming up right now. Fantastic. And if a person is interested in, you know, listening this morning and thinking, yeah, you know, I'd love mm. to uh, work for Adventist Aged Care. Maybe they've got some experience yeah. in it. Maybe they've got qualifications in it. Maybe not. I don't know what you your specifications actually are. But mm. uh, how do they find out more information about that? Yeah, yeah. So if they call, uh, if they call the people and culture team on four nine double seven double zero double zero, or they can email a recruitment at adventistseniorliving.com.au so uh, yeah we look forward to hearing from them so that was four nine double seven double zero double zero. was that correct that's the one yep. that's the one and the website again and the email address is uh, recruitment at adventistseniorliving.com.au fantastic David Knight thank you so much for joining us to talk about Adventist Senior Living here on Faith FM this morning Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.